What is up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Lockdown Cavs podcast. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Evan Damrell. On today's show, we have a special guest. It's Martin Rickman from Dime. He recently wrote a really great Darius Garland feature that you should go check out. I've linked it in the show notes. I've made it easy for you. You don't have to go Google it. You don't have to just, just click the link and go read it. Do nourish your brain a little bit. We're going to talk about Garland, talk about that profile, and a bunch more. All on today's show. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive into today's show, we want to thank you for making Lockdown Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we're free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where we are over 1,000 subs. But you know what? We want to keep the numbers growing. We want to keep cooking those books. So uh, help us out. Subscribe today. Why don't you? Again, it's in the show notes. I've made it easy. Evan, we've got a great guest. So I'm just going to assume you're doing great. I'm assuming you're fine. Everything okay over there? Yeah, everything's good, man. Uh, it's it's nice to have some warmish weather before the uh, <laughs> apocalypse hits us. Yeah, it's, I, I had my windows open today. I was like, this this is delightful. Don't hear this any is... birds singing quite yet, but I'm just thinking, yeah. oh, it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, before we get literally shellacked. But as mentioned at the top, our guest today is Martin Rickman. He runs the show over a time. Good dude, Cleveland guy. Wrote a great Darius Garland profile. Martin, what's up, buddy? How are you? Hey guys, I'm uh, just preparing for your storm. Also, uh, it'll be 72 tomorrow, so <laughs> I'm just you know, banding down the hatches, making sure I'm ready to go. Uh, it's a stressful time out here in Long Beach. Look, are, look uh, a sick, a sick. I live in Long Beach. Flex. Um, <laughs> are you? Are you? You're, you will be in town for All Star. Are you like excited to trudge through downtown in some snow? I live yeah, here, and I'm I, was, I was just there for ten days. Um, Yes. Yeah, Chris, you missed Weird. it. Martin and I hung out several times. You know, yeah. yeah, here's the thing. My <laughs> wife had COVID. So it happens. You know, I, yeah, you know, you know, Evan, you can shame me, but my wife had COVID. No, in in one breath we would give you flack to Bill Filippo, but in the same breath we'd also say, Well, Chris is also being morally and ethically yeah. responsible. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's, crap. It's, and then then I got to hang out with Bill and support our national soccer team last week in the great city of Columbus, Ohio. So you yeah. know what? And we'll come first full circle and Bill yeah. and myself and hopefully both of you without COVID uh, will be there in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, yeah. watching Justin Bibb drain jumpers, I guess. Do you, do you know that? So that was that uh, I did. I, I was reading some stuff about this and I don't want to talk about this anymore, but that was Dennis Kucinich troll, which is very funny. To yeah, me. it's pretty remarkable. It's amazing. Stuff, it's amazing. Honestly. It, and I mean, here's my thing. <laughs> mayors are just hilarious whenever they do mayor things. And this is nothing yes. against them who is doing, you know, he's the energy is there. And, you know, Eric he's, Ad- he's, like Eric Adams is hilarious to me. Yeah, I, don't have I, mean, to, I, don't have to, like, I just love when mayors say mayor <laughs> stuff. So I was telling a friend yesterday, he said Cleveland is open for business. And that is the most mayor thing yeah. ever is X yeah. city mm-hmm. is open for business. And it's like, he got that off his bingo card in the first like two months of being mayor. So train uh, some jumpers in the meantime. Go for yeah, it. You know? Just just sick shit from Justin Bish. <laughs> Shouts to a guy who doesn't own a car. You honestly love to see it. But Evan, so you wrote this great Darius Garland profile, and I want to rewind did. the clock a little bit because <laughs> You said Evan wrote this. Oh so. no, you didn't. You've never wrote anything nearly as good as this. So, but boom! But Martin, oh, look, Evan, Evan has been bringing me chaotic energy for months, and I just need to give him some back in spades while I have the energy before I peter out at the deep. Yeah, Evan energy. just looks nice and calm. You know, he's <laughs> steady, Eddie. You're the one bringing chaotic energy, Chris. 
Yeah, you know, no, I, brought, I brought it daily for almost two years. And yeah, and I, I, I he just... did it last night, and I said, "Geez, now I understand why everyone on Twitter hates me." Yeah, but we shouldn't go on Twitter. Twitter's a mistake. But Martin, you, I remember you mentioning that you were working on this or wanted to work on this back in the summer. We yeah. were talking at summer league, and you were like, "This is something I'm going to do." And I, I'm just, I want to like re- pull the curtain back a little bit. How long does it take for you to get you? You did this with Con Sexton as well a couple years ago. Uh. I think in the before COVID times, maybe not. No, but, that was during COVID. That was dude, I, time. Time is fake. Yeah. But. So it's that was just a remarkable set of circumstances because those guys were not able to be with no the team, no and point. the season got shut down, and they were just all by themselves for such a long time. And yeah. Darius and I kind of talked about that too. He was just like, I had to work, but I didn't know where or how or. You know, yeah. it's just crazy. Like we have not even scratched the surface on like what this era of basketball nope. has been affected by with the pandemic for both the growth of players, but also to the detriment of certain guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're still seeing injuries and obviously Katie over at dime wrote a really, really interesting piece on, you know, this, it, it, the impact of soft tissue and how COVID's kind of like, you know, putting that into there and all the other things that have been going on. And we've seen all the injuries, we've seen the protocols but yeah, I mean, that that was one of the kind of the beginnings of all of this was starting the reporting on that column piece and how Darius fit in and how he was going to respond in year two and especially heading into year three. You know, it's, I like to pay attention to each team in the league with check-ins, right? Like we, mm-hmm. we spend time looking at the Grizzlies. Where are they in their trajectory? How are they handling an injury? How are they handling integrating new players? And then we've seen where they're at. You know, how do some of the Blue Bloods that – make these big trades and what they're doing do. I mean, when you cover the league nationally, which has been something that I'm still learning how to do um, editorially, and I don't write a lot, but it's you know definitely still trying to figure those things out. It's about where are the teams going? You know, you can kind of look at it almost like you're a train conductor and you have your routes. Some teams definitely have a certain specific route they're taking. What happens when that ch- that switch comes over and a team that looks like it was going one direction starts to go another direction. And with the Cavs, it really was. Look at last year and then look at this year. Not a lot changed. <laughs> two two very specific things happened. One, which was Jared Allen getting that extension and mm-hmm. being a long-term Cavalier after a trade that cost them a pick that they really didn't need to use. You know, yeah. It's just like an, the 29th or whatever pick that was, it's not going to help the Cleveland Cavaliers long-term in their rebuild. So that was great. And then you have now that the emergence of a rookie of the year candidate and probably presumptive favorite and Evan Mobley. Well, those two things then make your team shift their calculus quite a bit. And then it puts a player like Darius Garland, who was right place, right time for something like this and just needed a team around him. Well, yeah, of course we talked about it this summer because they were talking playoffs. So for us to think, well, you know, if everything breaks right, they might be a playing team. Why wouldn't we be talking about it? Obviously, you got the chance to sit down with him. You came away really impressed. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. He hadn't been because the focal point for Darius is I would like to prove it first before yeah. I start talking. And even well, then, I don't expect him to talk a ton except for when he needs to make a point. We'll get to that, I'm sure, yeah. about Sunday's yeah. game. But it was just – it was – time you know this guy's really really good at basketball but he also has a lot to say and he has a story and we really believe that that telling these kinds of stories is important to what we want to do at time and and yeah. you know you guys both yeah. know that. yeah he evan tell me if you think this is wrong but i think he's a guy who like doesn't he 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 is not i think particularly in, as i think a lot of players are and i understand why it is not a particularly like interesting thing sometimes to do these post game scrums especially like in the zoom era and that's changing a little bit now but like it's still a lot of zoom it's still a lot of just like 
that he kept like after the Pistons again that Martin's alluding to, like he really um was just repeating the same answer, like, look, like we like emphasizing his point in a very clear way. And I think the way he talks is very direct. Like I think if you're listening to him, the way he talks is like sometimes he doesn't say a lot, but when he wants to say something, he's very direct about it. And mm-hmm. um that like that, that is like his public persona, I think is like a very interesting thing. I, I and I find him we've talked about this a lot, but I find him as like, if this is a train that has, that is going in a different direction than we thought and is moving somewhere else as that analogy, he's like, Mobley is a big reason. Allen's a big reason. I think like the buy-in with JB is a reason. He's like arguably the, the first or second biggest reason why this is happening. And I think like, that's what I think this profile is a timing piece. I think like amid his all-star push, I think amid what's happening with the team, I think like he's the guy that I think there's just so much to unpack. And I think he's just at the center of this in a lot of ways that it's just sort of interesting to me. Yeah, it really is interesting to think about. I think you and I have been making the argument for a while now that Darius may not be Cleveland's player, at least at the time you're saying he was. I mean, I think you can make the argument now that he is, but he's at least the most important one. You really saw it last night when they kind of trudged through things against the Pelicans a little bit. It was just an ugly game overall. Like Martin alluded to, we'll talk about that a bit, but like, in terms of just train terminology, he is the conductor. He is what makes Cleveland's offense work and function on time and just function properly. And it's just, yeah, you're right. When he speaks, he speaks very directly. He doesn't really beat around the bush. He doesn't give, he doesn't really play up the media like Kevin Love does. He isn't more like succinct with his points like Jared Allen. Sometimes Darius is a little aloof during his post game where he just doesn't want to do it. And he's just going to kind of be goofy and do around. Like you can see like the silly side of him when Bally sports had Isaac Okoro mic'd up in the background, you see Darius spinning around and saying helicopter and then just walking off frame. So I think like everyone just talks about how just people gravitate to him personality wise. And I think like you said, this is a good, time like this is a timely piece because of his all-star push but also martin's piece gives you a perspective into how darius functions like they talked about the tattoo no one has asked about the tattoo and i don't think darius would really talk about it or how like the significance of being from gary or the connections to michael jackson and everything else like there's certain things like you don't really learn about a player during those media scrums obviously because it's Mm -hmm. just not like the appropriate i guess quote unquote time to ask about it but this is a good way to look into a player that we really don't know much about off the court because yeah. he is a quiet person. He is a yeah. person who wants to prove it. He's a person who wants to get the me. He would rather not have the media attention. He'd rather have his whole team get the attention. And it's just kind of, this is an interesting way to look into his life because I don't think we'd get those opportunities otherwise. Hey, we'll be right back with Martin Rickman, but first have to tell you about our friends at Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for daily fantasy for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. It is daily fantasy made easy, and it's easy to use. All you have to do is pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. All you have to do is use the award-winning app on both the app on the App Store or Google Play if you're not an Apple user. Price picks offers a variety of options. All you have to do is pick a prop. You can think of points scored, rebounds, steals, and it doesn't just offer NBA. You could go NFL, college football, 
MLB, soccer, MMA, and much, much more. For a limited time right now, PricePix has an exclusive no-brainer offer for all of our users. Get $50 free if a player uses the promo code NBA when your entry scores a single point. That's right. That is an exclusive offer available to lockdown listeners. All you have to do is use the promo code NBA for $50 free if a player in your prize picks entry scores a single point. Also, going to tell you about our friends at TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you're invested in crypto for the first time this year, our own and up-and-coming small business, or raising rambunctious twins. Luckily, TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for, for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. You can even talk to TurboTax live experts through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do them all for you. TurboTax Live Experts lead an interesting to TurboTax Live Experts. An interesting life can mean an even greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. Yeah, just before we go to break, Martin, I want to ask you, um, did you, when you get to, you know this, we all know this. I think we, what I've been sitting at is like, I think the way I would describe these post community abilities a lot of times is that they're not very human, right? They are not very like personal. And oh, that's, yeah. I, I, that's, I understand why they're I was like, I wondering that. where like, you're going with this at first. And like, this is our talk after the mics were off last night. Yes. This is, th- Evan, this is like my general frustration in, in life, as, as you know, my general just like apathy to, to a lot of what's what I do. But Martin, did you find like when you get to talk to him like this? What did you is did he strike you as like how did he strike you as just like someone to talk to for like however long you get in the setting you're talking to at I know like you know you did the interview at a at a spot downtown you you know you went to the rock hall and stuff like there's a lot in there what was he like to just kind of be around in that kind of environment and and get that kind of even if it is still like there's still a layer up right like it is still not exactly like fully transparent to get that extra layer of transparency for a guy like yours who we haven't I think ever seen that with. Oh, I mean, that's that's where, you know, you as an interviewer feel very blessed to have that opportunity, because especially during COVID, it's already rare. Right. And then to have to do it again later, it's so much harder to get to that point because you don't. Hashtag yeah, I don't know. Hashtag oh, hashtag like, are you casting a spell or something over there? Out there. <laughs> there it is. But no, I mean, it's just one of those situations. I mean, especially even in the era that we're in right now, where you know, Zoom is so uncomfortable and so difficult and players are burnt out on it and interviewers are burnt out on it, PR is burnt out on it. You know, an in, in-person in sit-down is the dream to begin with <laughs> and to be able to spend more than 15 minutes, more than 30 minutes to get to do something with somebody, that's where you get to see who they are because you get almost like little awkward moments, you get an opportunity to move, you get to do something with them. The Rock Hall was an incredible experience with him and Des, his brother, because I was seeing the, them see certain things in the rock hall for the first time. So not only are you getting an experience with somebody and you get to learn about them, but you also get to get that secondary layer of just like that wonder and that play and that investment, you know, beyond that, that, that really brings that human touch to it. And I think Evan's point's very, very good with regards to Darius, which is that he is a little bit aloof in, in interviews sometimes, especially with the, the media availabilities. And I think, you know, for the first couple of years of his career, 
he was almost unfairly maligned for that. Almost like when you were even got some locker room access in the 2019, 2020 season before the COVID situation came into play, you know, you kind of get this situation of like, Oh, is Darius like this way, or is he a certain way with the media? Or is he going to act like this? And you're like, no, you just get certain interactions with him. He's only learning what it is to be in an NBA locker room. They're not winning very much. So there's not a whole lot of good to talk about. He had a really difficult rookie season where he's coming off a, a devastating injury in college and has played four games in an entire year. And, you know, is shouldering the burden of being the number five, number five pick for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs without LeBron James since 97, 98, integrating with another guard who was drafted. What does that pecking order look like? Obviously, Kevin's situation was Kevin's situation. You know, there's a lot to unpack there. And you're asking this guy to basically, like, have a ton of personality and be fun and have a great time. Well, it's way easier when you're winning basketball games, first off. And second, if you're trying to develop your identity as a player and you want to learn who you are and you want to learn what this team is supposed to be and you're dealing with coaching changes and you're dealing with all the things that the Cavs have dealt with over the last few years since LeBron left the second time, I think it's actually a good thing that he took a wait-and-see approach and waited until he had something to say and waited until he was ready for that moment. You know, I, I think that shows a lot of maturity, especially for someone who just turned 22, to not want to run right off the bat. You know, I think we've seen that with, and it's a good friend of his, John Morant, who did a lot of comparisons are still going to be there. You know, it's one thing for a guy like Trey Young, who like, that's how he is. Like he's demonstrative on the court. It can he's bleed a, into what he does. He, he's a heel. Trey Young yeah, is a heel. And he's embracing that. But you also look at how Trey is in interviews and he kind of says the same thing all the time. He kind of is always giving road answers. He's kind of talking by the books. He kind of uses a lot of coach speak. And so until Trey embraced that heel, he was more just known for on court. And on court is a very showy guy and it works out well for him. But Jaws was grinding, grinding, grinding. His play is unbelievable. But, you know, he kind of was taking that wait and see. And this year, when you're an all-star starter, you can reveal a little bit more about yourself. You can kind of show off a little bit more on social media. You can start to have the kind of fun that, you know, these other guys like Draymond or Steph or Kevin Durant, who will never log off, you know, those guys feel comfortable in their own skin of doing that. But when you're raised in the social media era, you know, there's a before and after with Twitter with some guys who, like, never had Twitter until their rookie year. These guys have been online since day one. They've had this stuff since they've been kids. So where they fit into that ecosystem is really, really interesting to me. And it's just been really cool seeing that side of Darius who, you know, like Evan said, guys gravitate toward him. That Mike Conley comparison is such a good one. You know, Mike makes you feel at ease the second you're around him. Darius is that way. He's laughing. He's smiling. He laughs at your jokes. They may not be good ones, but he'll laugh at them. He'll smile. Mm -hmm. He wants you to feel at home. And Bryce Drew gave me that anecdote, um, you know, that, who had coached him at Vanderbilt. He said he really feels like a comedian on the court where he has that quick wit and that ability to kind of like improvise as you go. And sometimes when things aren't going the, the way you think they are, he can change it up. And then you are the one who's given the gift. You teach that in improv that you're supposed to give your partner's gifts and you receive them and you take them. Darius is definitely that way on the court, but it was just really cool to see that he's also that way off the court where he will give you a little nugget you can ask him about, or if you give him something, you give him a chance to interact. We had a really funny interaction about Prince, which was cool. You know, we saw some of Prince's outfits and Prince is not a very big guy. And that then came up again during our interview later on. He was talking about a Derrick Rose jersey that he had that he said didn't fit anymore because it was one that he had from when he lived in Gary. It was a Bulls Rose jersey. And he said, I finally got rid of that jersey because it doesn't fit. And I said, you know, it probably fits Prince or it would have fit Prince. And he laughed yeah. and was like, yeah, just like that blouse, you know. So he remembers stuff. He picks up on it. makes great eye contact. And those things aren't like 
you know, the end all be all, but when you're a coach, when you're a player, when you're a point guard, you know, it's really interesting navigating that ecosystem, developing chemistry with guys. And it's really no wonder he and Jay get along as well as they do because Jarrett's that guy who also will receive that gift and return it back to you tenfold. And Dude, just they also idea. answer questions in an interesting way because like yeah. Jared is like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And yep. you can he, like the first time I heard it, I'm gonna be honest, I kind of thought it was like sort of like that weird like smart guy thing where it's like they're being a little like weird with you, but I think that's just how he listens. No, they're right? just processing, like, they're actually yeah, listening, yeah, yeah. they're not just yeah. waiting for one word so that they can then give the like two sentences that they're ready yeah. to say of both teams played hard, you know, we really try to play our game and make our, make those guys play our game and play react to it. No, Jarrett, sometimes I think what happens with him is he is listening. So you get a question that's a little bit more raw and unfiltered. He's also very, very young. <laughs> so it's like with these guys who are young, they're not all going to be Kevin Love. They're not all going to have been in the league for 10, 15 years and have done all these media things and done everything that they've done and had major brand sponsorships where they've been media trained to a level where they know exactly how to like get their point across the way they want to. I, I just think that it works out really well when you see a mixture of those guys and then those things can kind of rub off, but it takes some success before that comfort gets there. And I think this team now is in a place where they can then reach that next level with some more discomfort, but I'm sure we'll get to that after the break. Okay. One last break here and then we'll get back to Martin Rickman. Got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. It's the new year and that means new year's resolutions. So if you're just about getting fit, maybe add Built Bars to your rotation to help you get that extra protein your diet needs. Built Bars are the best tasting protein bars on the market. They're covered in 100% chocolate, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 14 and 17 grams of protein in most bars. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. I mean, clearly, there's a better option here. There's a ton of great flavors as well. Peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, raspberry, cookies and cream, and much, much more. And they just dropped new ones. For instance, white chocolate, cookies and cream. That sounds like a winner to me. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. No, well, we're we're going to – behind the scenes, we're just going to keep going, and we're going to figure that out later. But, Evan, um, take over. You tell, where, where do you want to go next with Darius? I'm a bad train conductor, so we're being honest. <laughs> Let's say um... – <clears throat> if Ringo Starr was narrating your children's series, Chris, it'd be a little chaotic. Um, <laughs> I'm sure there's a BuzzFeed quiz of like what Thomas the Train Tank Andrew character. Dude, I'm going to take it live and I'll, we'll, we'll report back. So continue. Oh, Jesus. Um, so what you get? This you you you've unleashed me, Evan. This is what happens. Uh, you know, I maybe I can't put the genie back in the lamp or like putting the toothpaste back in the tube. But Martin, what was like? I. Like I said, this was like a window into looking what Darius is like and how close and how important family is for him. Like, what is like, and you shared some of the, 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 is it's the Prince outfit or the Derek Rose jersey? Like, what are some of the other stories that you've learned that you just really enjoy that maybe just didn't quite fit into the story itself? Yeah, I didn't get as much of a sneakerhead in the piece as I would have liked. But one of the things that was really funny was, when he lived down in the warehouse district, you know, he had a nice place. I'm sure it's bigger than my house is now. Um, and and no, it, it done, was probably very, very comfortable. But <laughs> they were finding out that, 
you know, in that second year there, they're running out of space because he just has way too many shoes. So they needed a whole room for it. And it was just taking over the entire apartment that he lived in. And the thing is because he just can't get rid of them. You know, he, he is someone who just seems like he has like a, a relationship to the physical things in his life. And I mean, we all kind of share that as Midwesterners because that's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. if you get rid of something, it means that you might not replace it. And it's just one of those things I've never really, you know, learned how to deal with, I think. Um, it's it's something about how holding value to yourself, holding like pride into the things that you own. And I, I'm still working on that. But with him, it was just funny because he's got game worn college shoes that definitely have been like worn through and are not wearable anymore. But he's still holding on to these things because they matter to him. And I think that the amount of pride that Darius has, not just for his family, but for mm-hmm. you know the path and the journey that he's taken is is one that really, really revealed itself to me. Um just how respectful he is around everybody and how he will say please and thank you. And, it, you know, he he's in the moment that he's in at all times. It's, it was really, really illuminating for me. And, you know, you look at what happens. You, you leave a place like Gary and you move to Nashville. So you get that southern element of things, too. It was funny. We were going to the Rock Hall and you know, we were moving pretty quickly because they closed at five and we had to make sure we got, you know, to the interview and, <laughs> we walk through the the country part, the country rock part of the exhibit. He just goes, I don't need to see much of this stuff. I'm good on country after my time in Nashville. So which is pretty funny. You know, he he does. He has that good. But I, I just felt like that was such an interesting thing to me is, is he has that collector's mindset. And then you take mm-hmm. that approach into his play on the game because of how much of a film guy he is. Mm-hmm. I love those players who think about plays that other guys make and they try to add those plays to their game almost like their their baseball cards you know like mm-hmm. i see this thing steve nash does i see this thing kyrie irving does i see this thing that you know mike conley does or, or somebody else that runs the floor as well as they do how he takes a shot how he navigates under the hoop and then slips under and you think he's going to try to drive back to the you know down baseline back to the corner but instead he sneaks his way back around and puts a layup in or you know, has that secondary pass or, you know, the ability he has to fall to the ground and from his back make a pass to Jarrett. I mean, like, it it seems like all things that you see and you pick up on, you say, okay, well, if I'm in X situation on the floor, I'm going to try to unleash this move. And watching him put that into play this season and the comfort and really the freedom he's been able to operate under, that's the thing that's amazing to me because you'd see little flashes of it rookie sophomore year. But this year, it feels like, oh, you, you see that calculated measure of, okay, on this possession, I'm going to try this. And it works. Or if it doesn't work, he then like kind of learns on the fly, okay, well, the next possession down, I tried this. I'm going to do this again. And while you know, it's a point guard thing that lob point guards are so good about because they're always able to do one thing or another thing. You throw the lob or you don't. And I think just expanding his game beyond that, you know, the mm-hmm. way that he's unleash this arsenal of moves almost like it's the shoe boxes in his room. That's just been really, really cool to see because he can add to that. He can keep adding to that, but all of these other moves he already has, he's not going to like get rid of them. It's just something now that's in part of his collection, which I think is really, really interesting. I, I think the thing about him that is, I think regardless of where you think he's improved or where you think he's gotten better or like what the thing that has improved the most. And I think there's like a lot of different ways we could argue that, right? Like whether it is, how much control he has over the game, whether it is just like his shot making. Like it is just absurd by like any metric, how much he actually has improved in year three. Um, oh my gosh. Cause so, he's always been an amazing passer. And then you look yeah. at his assist numbers and you look at everything. And I, 
am happy I didn't dive into this stuff because Dan Devine did such a good job on his ground yeah. piece. Read that on the ringer because you see the impact that he has and how much control over this offense he really has when he's on the court. It's absolutely astounding the load that he's been asked to shoulder I, this year. And he is taking full advantage of it. I honestly cannot believe that he has sustained the level he's been at carrying this load because like let's go like ja, ja like not to compare them but like ja has like such a support system with desmond bain and jaron jackson jr and i think that offense is a little more player friendly than what jb does and like you know steven adams is an incredible screener and like the Cavs have some of that right but evan mobley's like just starting out you know like marketing is kind of providing you one specific thing love has been great but like that is a harder thing i think to bank on beyond like this year even frankly if we want to just keep it candid like they haven't had colin and even when he was here he was still figuring out what his role is going to be in this hierarchy rubio towards acl darius has just like put everything on his back in a way that i think is kind of crazy and like he's remained like wildly efficient that's why it's been a problem yeah that's the issue though right and that's the thing like that it, we're he literally has right i mean it's not because of but he literally has a back problem right it's now it's his literal just like back it's yeah. just the minutes have been getting there and they've been a concern and when they added rondo i think all of us said he was paying close attention this needs to be the move before the move this needs to be the thing that gets you to the trade well we're here we're nine days away from the trade deadline you have to make the move and the move is not to add talent so to speak that's part of it they need a wing they need a point guard but you're not adding talent just because you need talent. You're adding talent so you can protect your talent. And that's mm -hmm. what they need to go and do. And, and I think Kobe knows that. There's an available arsenal of players out there who are made available. You always hear that term, and there's conversations we're not privy to. And what we hear is usually the thing that we want, that they want us to hear. But, you know, there's a guy like Kemba Walker sitting out there in New York. Like, if they make the decision that he's available, which he is, that's not because you think Kemba Walker is going to help you win playoff series. That's because you think Darius Garland's going to help you win a playoff series and you're doing everything you can to protect him. Rondo's been here, what, three weeks now? Maybe a little bit longer than that. Mm -hmm. But he's only played in seven games. He's been out a few of those. And we've already seen his efficiency kind of drop after those first couple games where teams didn't really know how to react to Rajon Rondo playing with a bunch of really, really good bigs. Well, you need someone to really tack on and add to that. If he's your third mm -hmm. point guard, you're great. But right now they're still missing a true backup point guard. They're still missing a true on-ball handler guy that can make things happen, which would be Colin if he was here, which he'll be back eventually, but he's not right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, the wing has been a problem since the summer. That's still never going to go away. That just becomes a luxury when you have a team that's operating in a way that they have. So, yeah, yeah. I think it, it's, it's very clear how much of a load that he's taken on. But if they want him to continue to be efficient and continue to grow and continue to do the things that he has been doing at a level that is all-star caliber, they got to get him some help. Not yeah. because they need the players to do it, but because they need the minutes. They need that bulk of that 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 just sheer volume of the energy that he has to expend on a daily basis. And you remove him from the equation, and you see what happens to the offense. I mean, yeah. the, the Pelicans game is like one of those things. If I'm an all-star voter or I'm Kobe Altman, everything I need was encapsulated in that game. And, yeah. and so you, you think about like ways games over the course of an 82-game season, which is a very long time, but – you learn things in individual moments. We learned on Sunday is this team, you know, needs to keep pushing and can't get complacent because now they have the targets on their back. What you learn against the Pelicans is, all right, well, Darius Garland's pretty dang good, <laughs> but he's not always going to be there. And you would love to see him be able to rest again against the um, the, the Rockets, but you mm -hmm. can't rest him if he's pretty much good to go because it's also a winnable game that you need to win in the standings. 
This yeah. is where the playoffs become fun. And, and the they East become is, more complicated. The East is tight, and like they play Charlotte on Friday, and that game is going to matter for the standings. I want to yeah. just run through just a statistical run through of like how crazy his improvement has been and what his numbers are on, on his load. He's played in 44 of a possible 51 games. This is from dunks and threes has a usage rate of 26%, which is an 88th percentile of point guards. He is an, uh, an estimated plus minus like their catch all stat. That is plus 3.4 per hundred possessions. That is in the 90th percentile, 90th percentile of point guards. That is a 3.6 improvement over last year. That is a massive leap after he was yeah. like a like a slight negative last year. Uh, true shooting percentage of 58%. That's three points up from last year. Effective field goal percentage of 55%, also up 3% from last year. It's 91% from the line. He's taking a ton of shots at the rim. Um, he's taking 57% at the rim, 53% in mid-range, and 37% from three. Those are all really, really good numbers. Yeah. Assist percentage of 37%. Which is more than double his rookie season, and his, <laughs> and his turnover percentage is only one percent higher. That's yeah. freaking absurd. That is yeah. just absurd. That is absurd. Yeah. For all the minutes he's playing, for all the attention he's drawing, and, and still consistently being the only true playmaker on this team at, from a ball handling perspective, like it's it's great what the bigs have done. But for him to be the center of attention, and that's that it, it's just insane what he's been been capable of. But also has continued to like watch the Cavs keep winning. You know, mm -hmm. despite now there being a scouting report on them playing with the bigs and with the Coro and all the injuries and all the new guys that have come in. And it's just amazing. Then I, I think what you see is like when guys come have success, like in individual moments, like Goodwin yesterday, it just shows the foundation in place that was not here before. And that's a testament to JB, but it is a testament to guys like Darius and Kevin and Jarrett and Lamar Stevens, who has become a very vocal voice in that locker room and who guys do look to who, has you know not only earned his role but has earned some staying power with this team. I, it's it's really remarkable watching that team grow up. But I mean, Darius is such a big part of it. So you got to bubble wrap that guy. You got to give him a reason mm -hmm. to be okay and to stick around into April and hopefully into May. Okay, so I know that ending probably seemed a little bit abrupt. Martin was so good that we just kind of went longer. We had to split this pot up. Um, requires a little bit of editing on our part. A little new outro here but we'll be back with him on friday so tomorrow's show will be evan and i talking about Cavs rockets but then friday martin will be back for the second part of our conversation that dives into the trade deadline more on garland okoro allen anything Cavs you want to hear us talk about i'm sure that we're, we covered it on the second part of the episode with the great martin rickman please check out his profile on dime if you have not already please subscribe to lockdown Cavs wherever you get podcasts and look we want to also suggest you make lockdown bet your second listen of the day after you finish making lockdown Cavs your first listen lockdown bets is hosted by your recruit expert analysis from lee sterling that's free and available on all platforms again martin back on friday evan and i are back tomorrow with Cavs rockets thanks for listening be well be safe and if you're in northeast ohio and you're going to get hit by all this snow Stay warm, and uh, hopefully you have a snow shovel and some salt to throw it on.